Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. In some countries, judges are elected and affiliated with political parties. Here, they are appointed by the government of the day. Traditionally, the idea has been that they should be nonpartisan, independent, and make decisions based on the law and the merits of the case. So, when Premier Doug Ford recently indicated that he wanted to appoint, quote, like-minded judges to sit in Ontario courtrooms, the hackles went up in the legal community and beyond. With us for more, in the nation's capital, Michael Spratt. He's a partner at the Ottawa criminal law firm Abergal Goldstein and Partners. He served as a director of the Criminal Lawyers Association. In Belleville, Ontario, Mitch Heimpel, director of policy at the public affairs firm Enterprise Canada. And here in our studio, Joanna Barron, executive director of the Canadian Constitution Foundation. Joanna, it's good to have you here in the studio. And to our friends in Points Beyond, thank you for joining us tonight on TVO as well. Well, the Premier has really caused a bit of a foo-for-ah here, and uh, I guess it mostly started when he indicated that for the appointments committee that recommends judicial appointments to the government, he is going to install, or has installed, two former employees of the progressive conservative government on that committee. Let's play some tape. Sheldon, if you would. We got elected to get like-minded people in appointments, and uh, by the rules, uh, you can't have lawyers uh, picking judges, so you have to have citizens. I'm not going to uh, appoint some NDP or some uh, liberal. Every single appointment I can to find tough judges, tough JPs, to keep guys in jail, and I say guys because 99.9% .9 are guys, uh, I'm going to do it. So uh, that, that's part of uh, democracy. What'd you think? Well, I think there's democracy. It may be a little bit too much democracy. I think that probably there's some internal polling that is suggesting to Premier Ford that this is a winning issue for him, particularly the part about the tough on crime. The trouble is, is that tough on crime is not in and of itself a judicial philosophy. And so I think while this may be good short-term politics, it's bad in the long term for the perception of the judiciary. Mitch, what do you think? I think the Premier's main uh, problem might have been that he told the truth. Um, for a long time, governments in this country have appointed people who are of a particular persuasion relative to their own to the bench. We saw this a couple of years ago when five out of six appointees in New Brunswick were either friends, family members, or recent donors of Dominic LeBlanc, who's now the national, um, sorry, the public safety minister. So this isn't new. And Premier Ford's not the first first minister to do it. Michael, there is kind of a funny line in politics, which is the definition of a mistake is a politician accidentally saying something true out loud. So is that really what's gone on here? No, this is this is actually something new, something that we haven't seen in Ontario. Ontario has um, what has long been considered the gold standard for appointing judges, the Judicial Appointments Advisory Committee. And what we've seen this government do, dating back to when Doug Downey, Ontario's AG, was, was first appointed, we've seen the government not only appoint people that they think will advance an agenda, which is problematic in and of itself, but we've seen this government actually change the rules about how those judges are appointed. And that sort of 
systemic erosion of uh, a very important nonpartisan uh, institution that, that provides a safeguard to guard against partisanship is what makes this so different and so disturbing. Well, I'm going to call a bit of an audible here. I was going to play this later, but Sheldon, if you would, middle of page two, we've got that Doug Downey clip. The attorney general was on this program a few years ago, and we talked about this sort of broadening of the pool that he wants to do from which to pick judges. So let's roll that now. There are two parts to the appointment of judges. One is to decide whether they're qualified or not qualified. And that's really important. But the second part is, is for me to pick people who uh, you know, reflect some of the, the values that, that I have. And I want to put some of those in the regulations so people understand, you know, understanding victims' issues, uh, making sure that they have community leadership, making sure that those pieces are there. And sometimes only I can assess that. And I don't know why, as Attorney General, I'm allowed to do a ton of things, but I'm not allowed to pick from a bigger pool of people who a third-party committee say are, can't, are qualified. Now, that's more than four years ago he's saying that. So in some respects, there's nothing new in this, is there? Well, I think that it's a subtle escalation, right? It's different to say that we're looking for judges that have a certain swath of broadly defined values and saying we're looking for judges that are in lockstep with us, that share our political views. I'm not going to be looking at liberal or NDP. So I think that there is a subtle escalation here, and I think it has crossed a line where it's going into the perception and legitimacy of the judiciary. Mitch, a bit of an escalation in your view also? Not really. I mean... The premier's been fairly clear about what he perceives as some of the issues with the judiciary. You talk about bail reform. You talk about mandatory minimum sentences. Things of that nature have come up in particular in recent uh, conversation. But it's not like if you're a conservative in this country, you you believe that the judiciary was perfectly nonpartisan or perfectly non-ideological before. It seems to in this case only be an escalation because it's a conservative government doing it. Okay, Michael, is that a fair point? Uh, no. It's not. I mean, we can say that, yes, different governments have appointed people who may reflect certain values. But what this government has done is that they've messed around with an independent committee to get more control so that they can appoint judges that, who pass a political purity test. Never before have we had uh, an attorney general or a government say, you won't be a judge if you're a liberal or if you're conservative. I mean, if you're an NDP, whatever that means. And we want judges who will keep people in jail, who will lock people up and who will be tough on crime. That's very disturbing when in this context, when Doug Ford has a majority government, the only way to hold him uh, to account is through the courts to some respect. And so that's what makes this different and disturbing and not like those other cases at all. Okay, let me, Joanne, I'm gonna push back a little bit on this because, um, you know, every government that comes into power wants to be surrounded by friendly people. It, it doesn't want to, it wants people who will enable its agenda. Why would the courts be any different from any other aspect of life where a government will plug people into various institutions in order to get their program through. Well, I think judges would tell you that judges are quite a bit more difficult to control in this way. Mm -hmm. They're much less predictable. Just ask Stephen Harper, um, who appointed many Supreme Court judges, and they did not end up siding with him on safe injection sites or prostitution or any of these issues. And furthermore, I think the judiciary is rightly meant to rise above polarization and politicization. So it's something that it's not just the fact of it, but also the perception of its independence is very important in a polarized society. Yeah, Mitch, us. this might not have been as big a thing as it's turned out to be 
had the premier not wanted to appoint two of his, you know, former employees to this committee that makes recommendations. Was that a step too far in your view? The there are no limitations really on who the premier can appoint aside from the fact that if the courts of justice act requires they not be lawyers or judges when they're appointed by the attorney general they just have to be lay persons um so no the their prior or current employment history has no bearing on whether or not they're suited for the job michael do you have a problem with either one of those appointments yeah i mean because the what we have to realize is that the criminal justice system isn't some fully formed ideal that's been handed down on stone tablets and is and is perfect. The criminal justice system, our justice system in Canada, the important democratic institution, relies on public trust and public confidence. And when you have someone saying out loud that they're only going to appoint political friends, and when you have someone changing the committee about how those people are appointed and putting members on that committee that may erode public trust and public confidence, that undercuts the important function and, and functionality of our courts. Our court's decisions only have meaning if we all believe that they have meaning. And what we've seen here, especially with Doug Ford, doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down uh, on this and spreading misinformation about what's happening in our courts is we're seeing what begins to more and more look like an intentional um, sowing of public distrust. And that's very, very dangerous and unprecedented. Well, Joanna, let me follow with you on this issue of partisanship. You know, liberals in Ottawa used to, when I was younger, liberals were always in power in Ottawa and Tories were always in power at Queen's Park. And you saw a lot of provincial judges that, you know, obviously had some Tory credentials and you saw a lot of liberal judges with liberal credentials. Hasn't the premier just basically said out loud what has been going on for decades and decades in this province and country? I think to some extent, yes. And so I'm kind of in between Michael and Mitch, where I agree with Mitch that this is nothing new. There was a major National Post reporting this past summer that showed 76% of the federal liberals' judicial appointees had a track record of donating to the Liberal Party. But I think Mitch is kind of saying, well, this is just happening, so let's just say it's okay. What's sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. Mm. I think this is happening, and it's bad. And conservative-minded people, especially legal conservatives, such as myself, should say, no, we have to safeguard the justice system. It has to be preserved. So just because the liberals are, you know, looking for partisans to appoint, it's it's not aspirational. It doesn't mean that everybody should just drop the you know, appearance of trying to uphold an independent and impartial judiciary and do it as well. No, we should speak out on both in both instances and not be hypocrites. Fair enough. But Michael, isn't the key here that the the appointee be able to do the job. If they happen to have partisan affiliations to the government of the day, okay, but isn't the main thing at the end of the day that they have the qualifications to do the job? Well, I agree with Joanna that perception is very important and that's what we need to guard against. And we've gone, I think, beyond that here for the reasons I've articulated. But if you look at, at how Canadian justice system has historically worked. It's not like we see south of the border, and we can talk about that. But we have seen here a history and a tradition of a judge being appointed to a lower court and then being elevated to a court of appeal or the Supreme Court by a different type of government. What's Ford, what Ford is saying is that would never happen under his watch. And that is disturbing. What we've also seen is, and you can point to individual examples, um, and certainly I've been critical of other governments, but under the previous Liberal government, 
we saw judicial appointments that broadly reflected sort of uh, uh, a, I mean, there was always a bit of partisanship, um, but generally reflected the idea that diversity on our bench is good. We saw about 50% prosecutors, 50% defense counsel appointed. Under the Ford government, we've seen 70% of the appointments have been prosecutors, 15% have been defense counsel, and almost a third of his appointments as justice of the pieces have been former law enforcement officers. This is unprecedented. It doesn't reflect balance and it doesn't reflect sort of the fiduciary duty, the trust that uh, is placed in uh, the premier and the attorney general to make these appointments in a nonpartisan way. Mitch, to the best of my knowledge, those numbers that uh, Michael just gave are accurate. Facts are facts. Do you think the balance is out of balance with these appointments? No. I Why think not? when I look because when I look at public polling, the increased concern from a number of Canadians, Abacus did a poll in the city of Toronto last week about a rise in violent crime is worrisome to me. And a judicial system that protects victims, a judicial system that punishes violent crime is something to be greatly desired. And so if you're more likely to get that judicial system because you appoint prosecutors to the bench who are more deferential to the legislature when it comes to mandatory minimum sentencing or bail reform, that to me is something that is the elected representatives of the province exercising their democratic mandate to reflect the will of the people when it comes to serious issues of law and order. And that's what they're supposed to do. Joanna, you want to speak to that? Yeah, so I think, uh, as I say, tough on crime in and of itself is not a judicial philosophy. Mandatory minimums, bail reform, those are dealt with at the legislative level primarily, not by judges. Judges have a task of faithfully applying the law and of course, having a prosecutorial and defense perspective are both important. It's important to have procedural, you know, procedural due rights um, to ensure that the proof of standard, uh, sorry, standard of proof beyond a reasonable doubt is adhered to. Finally, in terms of bail reform, we know that 80% of current inmates in Ontario are currently on remand, meaning they haven't actually been convicted yet. Um, so I think that the issue is more complex than just don't let anybody out on bail. It seems that we already are not letting almost anybody out on bail. And so our jails are overstuffed with people who haven't, are still presumed innocent before mm. the law. Mitch, I got to say, the, the Premier's had a great time with this issue in the legislature over the past week. I mean, if you've watched any of Question Period, he is up on his feet expressing moral indignation and outrage at the state of the criminal justice system in the province today. And, and I have no doubt but that this sells brilliantly with the base of his progressive conservative party. Is that what's going on here at the end of the day? It's not just the base of his progressive conservative party. If you look at, like I said, Abacus did polling in the city of Toronto last week, 65% of Torontonians believe that auto theft, for example, is somewhat or much worse than it was. 60% of Torontonians believe hate crimes are somewhat or much worse than they were. 60% of Torontonians believe violence on the TTC is somewhat or much worse than it was before. The idea that a concern about public safety or a concern about an increase in violent crime and therefore wanting a, law, a judicial system that is more likely to punish violent offenders is necessarily confined to Doug Ford's base is not reflected in any public opinion research. It's broadly popular at super majority levels. Okay, fair enough. Let me come at, uh, I'll do a follow-up with you, Mitch, and I'm gonna come at this another way. I think it's fair to say that Madam Justice Rosalie Silverman Abella is one of the more progressive judges ever appointed in the history of Canada, and she rose to the Supreme Court of Canada. Funnily enough, she was appointed to the Ontario Court of Appeal by progressive conservative Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. 
making that appointment doubly noteworthy was the fact that she moderated an election leaders debate in which she frequently cut Mulroney off in the middle of his answers because he was going on too long. Apparently, none of that fussed the prime minister very much at all. He said she was a quality appointment and put her on the bench. And her career speaks for itself. She's one of the most celebrated judges in Canadian history. Are we to understand that under the current circumstances with Doug Ford, that couldn't now happen? Not necessarily. Joanna made an excellent point off the top, which is that even if you want to put the right rails in place, whatever your view of the right rails are based on your partisan opinion or your political opinion, it's very difficult to predict what any lawyer will be like once they put a robe on. And not just Brian Mulroney found this, George H.W. Bush found this with David Souter, Dwight Eisenhower found it with William Brennan. Both of them appointed the most liberal justice, some of the most liberal justices in American history, and neither of them intended to. So once you appoint somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to act the way you believe they were, regardless of what you believe your process is weeding out. No, that is true. And who, who put Earl Warren on the U.S. Supreme Court? Was that Richard Nixon? That would also be Eisenhower. That was Eisenhower. And he was another Nixon disappointment to conservatives. Nixon first. <laughs> gotcha. That's right. Two Californians, right. Let me try this with you, Michael. You know, the Federation of Ontario Law Associations, the Ontario Bar Association, the CCLA, Civil Liberties Association, the Criminal Lawyers Association, they've all been very public in their criticism of the premier statements. I wonder if you are concerned about the fact that this might look like all the lawyers are ganging up on the premier. The premier speaks for the people. The lawyers speak for themselves. What do you think? Well, I think that these law societies, these law associations are quite right, because the one thing that we don't do, thank goodness, is deliver justice based on public polls. That is uh, a recipe for disaster, and it's a recipe that Ford as a populist is courting. That's not how things work in Canada. And we can look south of the border to see what happened when you when you politicize the justice system. You know, when we say, when we appoint a judge in Canada, we don't necessarily know how they're gonna decide things. It can't be more untrue in the United States where you can look at who appointed the judge, the political climate of the day, and where the Republicans and Democrats are an issue, and you can predict with near certainty how a judge is gonna decide things because that judge may not be deciding based on the merits of the case, but based on political ideology. And that is a recipe for disaster in our courtrooms. And when we start down that path, as we've seen them do in the United States, you can't easily regain the public trust. And you look at the respect that, that people south of the border have for those important democratic institutions, you can see it's been damaged. And that is why these what that is why these law societies, these law associations, the federations are speaking out against this. It's because we need to stop this before uh, it gets away. I should actually get all of you on the record as to whether you like or dislike the American style, which includes not only the partisan affiliation just referred to by Michael, but actually includes judges running like politicians for office. Mitch, what do you think? Could we use some of that here? Oh God, I don't want judges to be elected. I want, I really don't. Like that just strikes me as a recipe for a lot of people to make money and that's not good. Okay, what about the rest of it? The partisan affiliation business? Uh, I mean, I, I disagree with Michael's point in part because I think you can just look at the last four or five years and say that the Chief Justice in the United States has made a number of decisions, for example, that George W. Bush who appointed him probably wouldn't have agreed with. Like judges do evolve in their judicial thinking over time. 
Um, I think that the United States is a particular in this particular situation because of decades of judicial rulings that have played on particular partisan and cultural cleavages in the United States that we don't necessarily have here. And so it's not a perfect apples to apples comparison. And also, I just generally disagree with the idea that we can use blanket anti-Americanism to explain why Canadian governments behave the way they do. I think I know what you think about this, Joanna, but you want to go on the record? Well, yeah, I think one big casualty of the U.S. system in all of its, you know, elections and politicization, and we kind of know the fix is in, is that the U.S. is a country that could really use a body that could rise above partisan politics and decide the most divisive issues in society, which for better or worse, it seems in both both sides of the border, they do. They could really use a body that would be above the fray and make decisions that would have common legitimacy, and it's exactly the opposite, right? Hmm. Like, you can guess based on your party affiliation what you thought of the Dobbs decision, um, and that's really that's the corrosive. abortion decision. Yes, the, the decision over, overturning Roe v. Wade, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the real value of a stable judicial system, right? Is that when we start to, you know, start fighting about very tough issues, there is a body that can finally settle things for us. When you throw partisanship into that, you take out that whole benefit. So I would not like to see us go down that road. Got a few minutes left here, so let's consider a different way. Michael, if you don't like the fact that the Premier put two of his former Premier's office employees on the committee that is going to help recommend judges, what's a better way to recommend judges for appointment? Yeah, it's not just that I don't like that. I don't like that he made changes that allow him to reach down the list, um, get more names, so it's more easy for him to make partisan uh, appointments. I don't like the fact that that can erode the public confidence in the justice system. The better way is to do what we've been doing for the last 40 years, have a nonpartisan judicial advisory committee where the where the uh, the government gets to appoint some members where the law uh, associations get to appoint some members where we have lay people and we do our best not to say that we're not going to appoint people based on their politics or we're going to exclude people based on their politics and we let that committee make a decision and then the attorney general can choose amongst the names that he's given that has worked well the ontario court of justice where these judges ultimately sit is regarded as one of the highest level best functioning most rigorous and and busiest courts in the world the appointments are beyond reproach and when the government is trying to fix something that's not broken the public should rightly be concerned that the fix is in, and that is dangerous. Joanna, let me just, uh, before I get you on this, the Attorney General now approves all but three members of this 13-member panel committee, and they are required, apparently, to present a short list of six candidates for each judicial vacancy. Six now, used to be two, now it's six. It's that deeper bench that Attorney General Downey was looking for. Um, in your view, does that need to be changed? No, I don't th- think that that's a problem. I don't think there's any problem with, with the Premier appointing former staffers. They may well have good knowledge of the needs of Ontarians and the sort of varying communities. I think, however, that it should be clear that this committee is looking for the best and most capable jurists, not people who uh, think the same way as the Premier on one issue, which is tough on crime. Is that the problem with the Premier's comments, is that they've given rise to the notion that sort of ideological affiliation as opposed to merit is what's at stake here? I think so, yes. That's the nub of it. That's the nub of it. Okay, Mitch, I'm going to give you the last word on this. Go ahead. I I don't necessarily think we have a problem with how we appoint judges. 
I don't. I think we probably have to be more honest with the Canadian public about who's doing that. And I think we probably have to be more honest about how that plays out in relation to the partisanship of the political uh, and elected officials who then make these decisions. Like we know from, from just the last government that there were members of this exact same committee that were appointed that had donation history with the liberal government that resulted in certain ends. It's also worth noting that we haven't changed the composition in terms of the lay, the number of lay persons who have, are appointed to this committee in over 20 years. So we've always had the ability for any premier, regardless of party, to appoint lay persons, regardless of their political stripe, or let's face it, usually because of their political stripe, to this committee. Like, I don't actually think the problem here is process. I think the problem here is we've got people looking for a culture war where all we're doing is revealing things we've already done. Well, we've had a very civilized discussion about this so-called culture war, and I want to thank the three of you for taking part. Uh, Michael Spratt in Ottawa, Mitch Heimpel in Belleville, Joanna Barron here in our studio. Good of all of you to join us here on TVO tonight. Thank you.